As we said, we are continuing our sermon series on leadership lessons from characters in the Bible. Today, we are looking at the Apostle Peter. Our scripture is from the 16th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, verses 13 through 23. I invite you to hear the voice of God speaking to us in these words of scripture. Now, when Jesus came to the area of Caesarea Philippi, he said to his disciples, Who do people say that the human one is? And they replied, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. He said, And what about you? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then Jesus replied, Happy are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because no human has shown you this. I tell you, rather my Father in heaven has shown you. I tell you that you are Peter, and I'll build my church on this rock. The gates of the underworld won't be able to stand against it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Anything you fasten on earth will be fastened in heaven. Anything you loosen on earth will be loosened in heaven. Then he ordered the disciples not to tell anybody that he was the Christ. From that time on, he began to show his disciples that he had to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things. From the elders the high priests, and the legal experts, and that he had to be killed and raised on the third day. Then Peter took hold of Jesus and scolded him, began to correct him. God forbid, Lord, this won't happen to you. But Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stone that could make me stumble, for you are not thinking God's thoughts, but human thoughts. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I have to admit to you that Peter is my favorite disciple. Not just because he's the leader of the band of disciples, actually not for that reason at all, but for two other reasons. One, he talks a lot, and that makes me feel better as another person who talks a lot. But perhaps going along with that is the fact that Peter spends a lot of time with his foot in his mouth. The more you talk, the more likely you are to end up with your foot in your mouth. I've been known to say that he must have liked the taste of toes because he goes around with foot in his mouth almost all the time. But Peter is a wonderful disciple and he is a wonderful leader. Our story today takes place at Caesarea Philippi. That was a city about 35 miles away from their home base of Capernaum, and it was a center of pagan worship. There was a lot of bad stuff that happened in Caesarea Philippi. It had originally been named Paneus after the Greek god Pan, but the son of Herod the Great, Herod Philip, came along and renamed it after himself and named it Caesarea Philippi. There, um, It's an interesting city. There was a cave that they believed was the gateway to the underworld. It was the gate of hell. And they believed that the gods took refuge there in that place. 
And so perhaps sitting on a hillside where they could see that cave, Jesus delivers a master class to his disciples and disguises it as casual conversation and says, who do people say I am? And they give him various answers. And then Jesus, hitting it right on target, says, but what about you? Who do all of you say that I am? And it is Peter, the one who is the voice, who's always going to speak up, who says, well, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus becomes ecstatic. Oh, Peter, with this kind of faith, we can storm the very gates of hell and they won't stand a chance against us. I mean, the Bible says it a little differently. Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. But Jesus says, with that kind of understanding, with that kind of faith in who I am and what I am teaching you, We can take the whole world. Hell won't stand a chance because that's what happens. When the people of God live in the power of God, we overcome evil. Hell itself doesn't stand a chance because good overcomes evil every single time. And this wonderful, profound confession comes out of the mouth of Peter. It is probably his high moment in the life that he shares with Jesus as a follower of his while Jesus is on earth. The thing is, it's not his only moment. Because Peter is also human and he has other moments. One of those other moments takes place on the night when Jesus is arrested. And Peter vehemently denies even knowing Jesus, even being acquainted with him, so unlike the person who knows he is the Messiah, the son of the living God. And that only hours, only hours after they finished a Passover feast, when Peter said, I will die with you, I will never forsake you, no matter what, even if it costs me my life, I am with you. He has a moment where he, I don't, I don't even know who that, I don't, I don't know Jesus. I don't have any idea who that is. That was not one of his best moments. But Peter was afraid. He was afraid of dying. He's afraid of being arrested and having his life be over. And he doesn't want it to be over. We can all identify with that, right? We've been living in fear for the last couple of years. We don't want to die at the hands of a virus. Peter's afraid, and it causes him to make a decision that is not his best moment. One of his other not-so-great moments was in the latter portion of our scripture this morning. Jesus is trying to share with his disciples that he's going to die, that his death is inevitable, it's going to happen, and Peter doesn't want that to happen. Peter loves Jesus. He spent three years of his life with him. He's bought into the mission, to the goal. He doesn't want it to be over. And he doesn't understand how death connects with the mission and the fulfillment of what Christ is supposed to do. So he pulls Jesus aside and he scolds him. Can you imagine the kind of arrogance it takes to pull the Messiah aside? 
and school him on what he ought to be saying and doing? Good heavens. Peter's not just talkative. He's a little full of himself sometimes. And so instead of a master class, what he gets is like a reform school lesson. Jesus has to take him to task. And Jesus calls him the devil. He calls him Satan. He says, you are actually standing opposed to the will of God. You're everything I did not come to do. He says, get behind me. In everyday language, what he says is, shut up and get away from me. I cannot let you pull me off mission. You are entirely wrong about this. The same person who makes the confession, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, also gets himself called the devil for being opposed to God. But my friends, this is the journey of leadership. That sometimes we get it right and sometimes we get it wrong. When we lead, sometimes we are going to try something that doesn't work. We're going to take a position that turns out to not be the helpful one. We're going to hold on to something that we should have let go of and we're going to let go of something that we should have held on to. We're not always going to get it right. But to lead is to make a mistake. It's the journey. This morning, those of you who just played the bells, you've, you've heard better renditions of Love Divine, All Love's Excelling. You've heard that come together better. There was no practice. Give the same people six weeks of practice. If they come back, it'll sound a lot more like the hymn. The same thing is true of leadership. Sometimes when we lead, we fail. But we, in Christ, fail forward. Every time we make a mistake, we learn something. We integrate that learning into our leadership skills, and we lead better. Leadership like riding a bicycle or playing chimes, is dependent upon practice. What we cannot do, what we must not do, is let our fear of failing keep us from leading. We must lead. Christ has called each of us to be his ambassadors, to be his children, to be his representatives here on earth. And that means leading. We lead ourselves we lead our church. We lead our world to Christ. We will make mistakes, but we will learn and we will grow. You know, those moments where Peter made a mistake, when he failed as a leader, they never ended his discipleship journey. They never canceled him as the leader of the disciples. He rose to be the leader. Jesus mentored him and prepared him to lead the movement after he wasn't there. And he did. If Caesarea Philippi was his greatest moment, 
during Jesus' ministry on earth, I would say to you that Pentecost was Peter's greatest moment in his own ministry as a disciple of Jesus Christ. On the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up and he declared to thousands of people that the Jesus he said he didn't even know on the night of his arrest, he did know and he knew exactly who he was and he boldly declared it to the whole world. That the one he tried to dissuade from thinking he was going to die had not only died but lived again, had been resurrected by the power of God. And that same kind of new life and resurrection was available to them. He spoke to those who had actively opposed and sought Jesus' downfall. That everything they thought they loved, the Old Testament scriptures, were all fulfilled in Jesus. He proclaimed, Christ is my Lord, to a world under Roman control. When the Romans killed people for questioning their power. After succeeding and failing and succeeding and failing and practicing leadership and failing forward, it comes together in the moment of Pentecost. When Peter steps into the fullness of who he was created to be, who he has practiced being, and he leads with authority and clarity and faith and boldness. And 3,000 People joined Jesus on this journey that day. We too must be bold enough to lead, to risk failure, to pick ourselves up from every failure, learn something, and move on to try again. Because just like then, there are people who need the hope, who need the peace who need the justice and the mercy and the grace that is life with Jesus. Peter teaches us to lead. Our worst moment is not our defining moment. Our worst mistake is not the final word. What we learn, where we go, who we become, is what matters. May we dare to lead like Peter, failures and all. Amen. I'm going to invite you to enter a few moments of reflection.